to the Icon Church podcast. Icon Church is one church in five locations. Our vision is human flourishing. We pray that this podcast helps you to flourish in life. For any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. We hope you enjoy this podcast. You know, just before you take your seats, because I just want to pray, and um, I just, I just really, we're in our series called This Is Us, and we're joined today by our Sheffield location, our Derby location. We're also joined by the group that we have in London uh, today, and also by a growing number of people who watch online. So come on, why don't we welcome them? So good to be together in church. This Is Us, the whole series is, is about God giving us the confidence who God has called us to be. You know, we can live our life trying to be somebody else, but I think God wants to do something in each one of us. And I I really feel that this series could be a gateway into a new season for us, you know. And uh, two weeks ago, I talked about dreaming differently, dreamers, dream differently, because I think God's got some new dreams for us and some different dreams. Today, in a moment, I'm going to talk about a new rhythm of building. And uh, because I think this is a moment, this is a door, a portal, if you like, that we can step through this is us, this is it. We can step through into what God has for us. And so, Lord, I ask you, come and fill us right now. Speak to us by your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. And we ask that Jesus will be glorified, that all the praise and that all the honour will go to you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You can take your seats. Oh, so good. I don't know if any of you are good at building, if you're good builders um, at all. And... um, I, I love watching kids, you know, some kids get into building, don't they, straight away. They love Lego, they love Meccano, they love all kinds of different building. And I wanted to show you a picture that my six-year-old grandson, um, uh, he made, he built a Lego church. He built a Lego icon church. And I want to show you this picture. I mean, I don't know if you can see this, but can you see the big screen at the back? of church. Uh, you can see the guitarist. That's a long guitar, that, isn't it? And then there's somebody leading the service at the front. There's even a light up here. This is meant to be a light. But notice the keyboards are up on a higher stage and the, and the drums uh, are over on, and there's one row of people. Uh, I can, and then this is the back desk. This is three people out the, up, up on that back desk, one, one doing PA, one doing lights, and the third person is picking their nose or, or whatever. But he, he, he did that this week, which is pretty cool. But I've never been good at building. And uh, my eldest son, Nathan, he's not very good at building either. And so one day we decided, I had some flat pack and uh, decided I needed some shelves building. And I asked Nathan to help me because I knew I was no good. And then uh, I thought I'd needed some help. So maybe Nathan could help me. Well, that's, that was like asking two men with no legs to run a race. I mean, it was just ter- terrible. I ha- now have that bookshelf we built. I still have it. It's, uh, it's in what used to be my boys' room, which is now a storeroom. And I call it the le- leaning bookshelf of Peter. Um, Peter, because it rhymes with Pisa, leaning tower of Pisa. And uh, it's still there. It's just about up. It leans at about that angle there. But you know when you get around somebody who can build, it transforms everything. I remember when we moved into this building, we had some stuff, again, flat pack from that famous Swedish flat pack store that I won't mention, IKEA. 
And uh, uh, I, I knew I'd got this and I thought, I just can't, I, there's no way. If I try and build this, this is going to last three months and then we'll have to buy it again and, and all the rest of it. But Ian Waring, who is a, a builder of things like that and uh, a great carpenter and, and builder, he, he, he offered to build it and I thought, I'll help him. I'll just physically there and pass him stuff. And, and it was such a difference. When you're with somebody who can build, it makes all the difference. I mean, it, it, it looked easy. It was easy. There was no stress. There was no drama. It was fast and it works. And those things that Ian built are still working today. None of that would have been true had Nathan and I built those things. It would not have been easy. It would have been stressful. There'd have been lots of drama and they wouldn't have last, lasted. But you know that God is a builder. And God wants to build our lives. And, and I think that, that God wants to build something in our lives. And one of the keys maybe we need to hear today is that we need to get around builders for God to build things into our lives. In Proverbs 24 and verse three, uh, it says this, by wisdom, a house is built. And through understanding, it is established. Wisdom builds, wisdom builds the house. And uh, I, I love um, things that are built. Although I'm not a good builder, I love observing builders. I love churches. I love cathedrals. I love sports stadiums. I love uh, a couple of guests who are here today. Tom, I was telling Tom on uh, um, Friday night how I went into Cowboy Stadium in Dallas. And uh, I just, as you, you know, you can go into the sports shop and you can, uh, they, that's on two levels. And then you can go up another level and you can sit right in the top of the stadium at the front of that top tier. And as, as Nathan and I were in Dallas, we went in and we just sat there and I began to cry. And I cried, and here's why, because it was perfect. Because I was just thinking, we did this, humans did this. We had the ingenuity, the skill, the, the, the know-how to build something like this. I was also in awe, we've got a big screen here, but they've got a 90-yard LED screen that's got two sides to it as well. This Monday, this last Monday, I was in the Houses of Parliament and uh, interestingly, the Houses of Parliament is, is crumbling. It's actually falling down. And so they've got some major repair work happening right now. And I, but I was just in awe of that architecture that's been there for like centuries and centuries. And, uh, and, and just the fact that there's these secret tunnels. I like going through the secret tunnels. I went into the Great Hall where they said, stand here. This is the exact spot where Charles I was beheaded. I was looking for the blood spatter, but apparently it's all gone and, and things like that. But I, I, I just love that. I love observing what somebody has built. I love watching bridges too and uh, looking at bridges and seeing the ingenuity of bridges. You know, builders are visionaries. People who build have a vision. You know, some people build because of the glory of God. That's their vision. I want to build something that gives glory to God. That was Gaudi. I love uh, La Sagrada de Familia in Barcelona, Gaudi Cathedral. He started it in 1882 and uh, he died in 1926 and only 25% of the cathedral was built, but he'd laid out the plans and they're still working to his plans. And one of, the, one of the things he said was that the central spire, which is yet to be built, but the central spire could only reach a height of, I believe it's 170 metres, because the highest mountain in that region is 171 metres. And God must have more glory than man. He built that cathedral for the glory of God. Some people build with that vision for the glory of God. Other people build with a, a vision of excellence. 
I want to do something great. I want to build something of quality. When I think of the cathedrals, and I think that some of those cathedrals took 400 years to build, and many people died. And of course, we want to mitigate that against that as as much as possible uh, nowadays. But actually, people were building with a sense of excellence. Don't want to just build something mediocre, but with a next sense of sense of excellence. Some people build with a sense of function. You know, there's got to be a better way to do something. There's got to be a better way for something to happen. So they, they, they say, if we build this, then this will improve things. The car, the aeroplane, we're all built with that sense of function. There's got to be a better way. It can serve a purpose. People build with a vision of function. Some people just build because they know that uh, building can help human flourishing. Artists build this way because they know that beauty contributes. It lets the soul thrive and it lets the people thrive. But you know, visionary builders don't just build anything. They don't just build anything. And they don't do what everybody else does because they've got a vision. There's a moment in the Old Testament, which is a a disaster really, it's a tragedy. It's when when the nation come to Samuel, who's kind of leading the nation at the time, and he's a prophet, and they come to Samuel and they say, we want you to give us a king like the other nations. We want to be just like the other nations. And it turns out to be a disaster. God knew that they would ask for a king like the other nations. And he told them, when you ask for a king, it'll be a disaster. It will be a disaster. But the reason it was a disaster, because they were saying, we just want to be like the neighbours. We just want to be like everybody else. They were saying, just give me that. Just give me what they've got. And that's a tragedy. But we can do the same in our lives. I just want to be like the neighbours. God, just give me that. You see, for Israel, give us a king like the other nations was a failure of imagination because God had more for them. God had a promise for them that if you follow me, I've got more for you. But they just had to settle and they had to settle with no imagination. Give us a king just like the other nations. Make us like the neighbours. I nearly sung that Australian song there, neighbours, but I'll stop. But what would you build if you could build it? If you could build anything, what would you build? Maybe you'd build a road directly from your house to your work. You know, maybe you build a tunnel so that no one else could use it, but you would have one of these secret tunnels, you know, that you could get to work. I know what I'd build. If I could build anything, I'd build a flying car, a flying car or a flying vehicle that would just land on my drive and just lift me up, take me wherever I wanted to be, you know, because driving is amazing apart from those other drivers. (laughs) What would you build if you could build it? When Israel asked for a king, it wasn't just a failure of imagination, it was a failure of trust. You know, they were saying, we're just going to read from somebody else's script. We're going to read from what somebody else is doing. But imagine this morning, if there's a divine script, and there's a divine script for and a path for our lives. And all we say is, just give me what the neighbours have got. And God is saying, I've got so much more. I've got so much more to build with you. I've got so much more to build in you. And I've got so much more to build through you and for you. Don't just ask for what the neighbours have got. Have a better, bigger vision than that, a greater imagination than that. And trust me in that. It was a failure of trust. Builders are visionaries, but builders also know that there's a cost. If, if we commit to the new, if we commit to what God has, yes, there, there'll be a cost. There's, there's no building without cost, is there? If we decide we don't just want what the neighbours have got, we want, we want what God has, there will be a cost in that building. But there's also a cost in just accepting what the neighbours has got. 
There's the cost of losing our imagination. There's a cost of dissatisfaction. There's a cost of thinking, I'm sure there's more than, to life than this. And that cost far outweighs the cost of sacrifice. Uh, Jesus knew this. Uh, Jesus talks about this because, and I, I love the fact that Jesus uses building analogies quite a bit in his parables because he was a builder. You know, we say Jesus the carpenter, but it's more likely that Jesus was more like a construction worker, working on building sites, building homes, building all kinds of things. And Jesus tells this story. Some people think this has actually happened to him, that he, he actually was working on a project to build a tower and he was just one, one of the people hired in to do things, maybe in his construction phase, but things didn't work out. But Jesus tells this story. It's in Luke chapter 14, verses 28 to verse 30, Jesus says this, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he will have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and you're not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying this person began to build but wasn't able to finish. You know, I, I said earlier that I love bridges and I love, I love looking at bridges and thinking about bridges being built. And... Um, Imagine building a bridge to nowhere. There is a, a bridge called that actually in Scotland, in Dunbar, called the Bridge to Nowhere. And the reason it's called the Bridge to Nowhere is that at high tide, you can't see the paths that lead up to the steps. And so you just think, you can look at it and you can think, there's just, somebody's just put a bridge in some water. It goes nowhere, you can't get to it, you can't get off it. But actually there's an inlet that runs under the bridge and there's a little path that you can get on low tide and up and over and, uh, and around. You know, God is not trying to build our lives going nowhere. He's got a vision. He's got a purpose. He's, he's also not a builder that's not able to finish. He's counted the cost and he's paid the price so that you and I, he can build in our lives what he wants. In Philippians 1 and verse 6, it talks about Jesus and it says, He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. God is a builder and he's counted the cost and he's paid the price to take you wherever he wants you to go. So a few questions. What are you building? What are you building? What foundation are you building it on? Will, the, will what you're building leave a legacy? Will it just be for you, for your immediate family, your immediate friends, your tight group, your crew? Or will it leave a legacy and reach to others? Does it matter to you who gets the glory? Has it got to have your name on it? Has it got to have your stamp on it? Or would you be able to build something for the glory of another, for the glory of God? And is it attached to eternal purposes? A few months ago, we did a, a series in church. We actually did three messages. And it was in our apprentice series. And uh, we came up with some church I see statements. I'm gonna share two of you, them with you today. One that I wrote and one that Nathan wrote. And I, I feel that they're both great statements. And the first one is this. This is the one I wrote. It says this, the church I see is welcoming to all and a place where every week people encounter Jesus. Can you see what we're building is of internal value? Somebody brought a friend to church last week and, uh, and they just sat through the service and they cried all the way through. Why? Because they were encountering Jesus for the first time. It is heaven's welcome map for all of humanity without exception. A place of faith, hope and love. The church I see is not religious but relational. A place where others matter and Jesus matters most. The church I see will do whatever it takes to create and maintain the atmosphere of heaven. 
Because it's in that kind of place where people find Jesus and people follow his lead. The church I see is generous, creative, positive, empowering and passionate. The church I see is our church, Icon Church. Nathan wrote this, the church I see welcomes people home. I love that. With the message, come as you are. And I really love that, that people can come. You don't have to get fixed before you can come into God's house. It's just a message of come as you are. The church I see is on a mission whilst the one remains. Whilst there's one person that hasn't accepted or known the love of God, we're still on a mission to reach that one, creating an atmosphere of creativity, generosity, passion, empowerment and positivity. The church I see lives with the attitude of we get to do this, not we have to do this. Oh, what a chore it is to do this. No, we get to do this. The church I see is this church, Icon Church. I hope you can see from those two statements that really our heart is to build something of eternal purpose, to connect what God is doing here at Icon Church to eternal purpose and to God's glory. But what about your life and my life? What has God called us to build in our life? Because you can build too. You can build a family. You can build a family and you can build that family and you can connect it to God's glory and God's eternal purpose. You can build your life, just build your life, how you'll approach life, how you'll live life. You can build a business. And so many people in our church are, are going for it to, to, build, to build businesses and to, to build careers and that's so good. And you can connect that too to eternal purpose. What about Connect Group? I'll mention Connect Groups because it's sign up. We, we can build together a Connect Group. We don't just rely on a connect leader to build our connect group. We can build a connect group together and we can build it for the glory of God. What about a friendship? What about building a friendship? I've got two uh, friends, pastors, who are both um, recently diagnosed with cancer and they're going through the battles with that. And in both services this morning, I've texted them in that prayer moment. And I've said, I'm praying for you right now. And text them in the first service and I said I'm praying for you right now in our service and then I put some laughing faces and said I can text and pray at the same time and then I've done the same in the 11 I'll do the same in the six o'clock as well because you can build a friendship you know 23 months ago I was in a hospital bed I was being kept alive by machines and on Sunday morning my phone kept buzzing constantly from pastors from friends who were praying for me in their churches and I know the impact that I that had on my life but you can build a friendship you can build that what about building a testimony oh we all have tests don't we but our test gives us the possibility of a testimony of a story of God's grace a story of God's glory a story of God coming through we can build a testimony we can build a legacy You know, when you start out, I don't think you know how to build a legacy, but as you move on and as you follow God, you can actually end up building something that outlasts you and outlasts your life. You can build a prayer life for others. You can do that. You can be a prayer, a master asker. You're somebody who's just praying for others. You can build a prayer life. You can build a life of invitation. You can be that person. I nearly said that crazy person, but I wish we were all crazy if, we, if this is a crazy person. That person who just invites everybody to everything. Just to build a culture of invitation. And together, we can build a church. In Matthew 16 and verse 18, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against that church. You know, it's God's will to build his church. To build his church. Think about that, build. We're not attending church today. We're building church today. We're not spectating in church today. We're building church today. 
Thank all four of you for clapping. We're builders. We're dreamers. We're builders. We're pioneers. We're building. Think about that. I, uh, I don't know if you've heard the phrase cranes over the cities. In some parts of the world, uh, uh, people who want to get elected will use that phrase as part of their election stra- strategy. They will say things like, we're going to put the cranes over the cities. I've heard it in American politics. I've heard it in Australian politics. Not so much here in the UK. That's because in every city you go to, there are cranes. Have you noticed them? There's roadworks and there's cranes. Every city. But when they produce postcards of those cities, they airbrush out the cranes so that the beauty of the city isn't marred by the building. I've got some pictures I took just a couple of weeks ago. I was in Madrid. I was speaking at a pastor's conference and I was on the top floor of a department store and on the top floor, they've got some restaurants and, and that looked out over the city. It's a beautiful city. And, and I took that photo like there and I took the second photo there. And actually there are a few cranes on this photo that you probably can't see but if I'd have took another photo there you would have seen crane after crane after crane the reason I didn't take that third photo I thought the cranes are spoiling the view but actually God wants to put cranes over the cities of our lives he wants to say that there's construction happening and that's what this phrase means for those people who are trying to get election elected we're going to do something there's going to be progress we're going to move forward we're going to we're going to take our cities forwards we're going to have development in our cities I wonder if you airbrushed out the cranes in your life it's time to put the cranes back it's trying time to put cranes over our lives and see construction it's time to have a spirit of a builder a spirit of a builder in our life and a spirit of a builder in our church. Hebrews 11 and verse 10 talks about Abraham and it says this, he was looking forward to a city whose architect and builder is God. Abraham wasn't just settled with the view he had. He was, he'd been given a vision by God and he was looking forward. He was looking for another city, a city where God was, that God was building. But I love this verse because it, it says he was looking forward and it means he's got this direction of there's something greater ahead. There's more to come. But also, also I, I get this sense of looking forward. You pursue something more because you've got this sense of joy or joy to be anticipated of what's coming. Abraham was looking forward and he was looking forward to the city that God would build. Something to look forward to. That's very different than saying, just give us what the neighbours have got. I love the fact that Abraham didn't do that and neither should we. What about 2 Chronicles 2 and verse 5, which is Solomon and he's building the temple and he says this, this temple, the temple I'm going to build will be great because our God is greater than all the other gods. He was determined to build a temple for the glory of God. And the scriptures tell us how people came from all over to see the temple, to see the palace, to see the clothes that he and his servants and his attendants wore, uh, to, see, to see not only that, but they were surprised at the atmosphere, the joy, the environment, the culture of the king's palace. They were blown away because he built something to the glory of God. We can build a life to the glory of God. We can build a testimony to the glory of God. We can build a legacy. We can build a church and we can do it and say, we're going to build something great. We're not just going to build what the neighbours have got. We're not just going to build what the neighbours have got. No, we're going to build for the glory of God. It's time to bring the cranes back. Come on, praise God with me. It's time to bring the cranes back over the cities. So as I, I close this morning, three things that we need 
to do in order to capture the spirit of a builder. Three things we need to capture the spirit of a builder and not just be like the neighbours. Here's the first, a builder is an encourager. We need to be encouragers if we're going to capture the spirit of a builder. I want to read from Hebrews chapter 3. I'm going to read verses 3 and 4 and then skip down to verse 13. But it says this, verse 3, Jesus has been found worthy of greater honour than Moses, just as the builder of a house has greater honour than the house itself. For every house is built by someone. The builder of everything is God. Every house is built by someone. Every life is built by someone. Every family is built by someone. Every church is built by someone. Every business is built by someone. Every career is built by someone. What about if God was the builder of everything? Isn't that incredible? A builder is an encourager. Look at the verse 13. It says this, encourage one another daily. Remember the context. He started off talking about building and, and the fact that God is building something through Jesus. And he said, encourage one another daily as long as it's called today so that no one may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. To be an encourager means to put courage in. Encourage, put courage in. An encourager says there's more. An encourager keeps telling people, go for it. Keep going forward. An encourager says more fire. Get more passion. Get more attitude. Don't shrink back. Don't dwindle. Don't, don't settle for the lowest coordinators. Don't look at what the neighbours have got. God's got far more from that. God, it, the spirit of an encourager puts more fire into us. There is more. An encourager lifts others. It lifts others. But an encourager also lifts themselves. I don't know if you heard Nathan's message next week. Next week? It's a great message he's going to preach next week. <laughs> I don't know where he's preaching it. <laughs> uh, last week, he did a great message called Self-Talk about speaking to yourself. I want to encourage you, if you didn't hear that message, please find it on YouTube, find it on podcast. Listen to that message because you and I need to be able to put courage into others, but we also have to be able to put courage into ourselves. In 1 Samuel 30 and verse 6, it talks about David and he's in a really difficult position. It says this, David was greatly distressed because the men, his men, were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. Bad stuff had happened. But David found strength in the Lord his God. Or David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. The King James Version says David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Because when you encourage yourself and when you encourage others, you put strength in, you strengthen. You know, no one can flourish in disapproval. A child can't flourish in disapproval. A wife, a husband can't flourish in disapproval. A church can't flourish in disapproval. But we're not those people, we're encouragers. No one builds in despair. No one builds clouded and shrouded and living in despair. We only step out and build when we've got courage. You know, when Israel said, let us be like the neighbours, just give us what the neighbours have got, it was a failure of imagination, it was a failure of trust, but it was also a failure of courage. They didn't have any courage to step into what God wants. And God wants us to encourage others and to encourage ourselves. A builder is an encourager. Let me tell you this though, remember this, a critic is never a builder. A critic is never a builder. You know, a critic, a critic says, oh, Paul, Paul, he's no good at building. Look at those shelves he's built for church. Like Paul and Nathan together are even worse. And of course, if they say that to me, I'm, they're right. Their critique, as a critic, is right. But a critic isn't a builder. They don't, that don't mean they've built nothing. 
But yeah, we're in saying, I'll help you. I'll encourage you. I'll stand with you. That's incredible. You see, the critic has remote language. He talks about you, they, them. But an encourager uses different language. An encourager says we, our, us. We're in this together. We're doing this together. A builder is an encourager. Be an encourager. Be a person who's always putting courage into others and encouraging to yourself. The second thing is a builder is a developer. Is a developer. A developer is a visionary. Somebody who looks like Abraham looks forward to something new, something different. Someone who's got a holy discontent or even an unholy discontent, but they know that there's more. They know that things could be better, different. There's a discontent because they know there's more. I want to read you some words from the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul's a great person to read because he was a builder. He was a church builder. And uh, I know he's also a developer, a developer of people, a developer of ministries, a developer of churches. Let me read what he wrote in 1 Corinthians 3, verses 9 to 15. We are co-workers in God's service, for you are God's field, God's building. You know, when I read that, I wondered, was he thinking about Jesus? Because Jesus was a builder. Did he think about using the building illustration? Because Paul was a tent maker, but Jesus was a builder. And I wondered, did he think about Jesus when he went into the building? Anyway, just bringing you into my world for a few seconds. He says this, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder. And someone else is building on it, but each one should build with care. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one that has already been laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay or straw, their work will be shown for what it is. It will be revealed because the day will bring it to light. Sorry, it will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If what is built is burnt up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though as one just escaping through the flames. I love these verses because Paul talks about building and developing. And he shows us that a builder, a developer is concerned with foundations. He says, I was a wise builder when I laid a foundation. A foundation. Uh, a developer is concerned about visions and plans. Where are we going? What does this look like? With the steps that we take, the process. A developer is concerned about the process. The materials. Paul says we've got gold and silver, precious stones, and then we've got wood, hay and straws. Be careful to use the right materials when you build because some will last. Some will actually be eternal and have eternal value and quality, but others will just get destroyed. Paul's encouraging us to be developers and to develop in the right way and to develop with the right materials. I've got two quotes for you. They're quotes from me and I'm going to share them with you in a second because this is the moment that you should tweet in the service. And these are the notes that you should write in your notebook because you know your notebook is the passport into heaven, don't you? I'm sure we've taught you that. And when you get and you see St. Peter, he'll say, were you in church that day that Paul talked about the spirit of a builder? Did you get those quotes? Because we need the past signed. All right, I'm joking. But anyway, here's the first quote. Here's the first one. You can't build with a one day mentality. You can only build with an everyday mentality. Let me explain this. I see so many people who are saying, well, one day, maybe one day, God will just bless me. God will just do something. One day, one day, one day. And of course God can, but he really does. 
because he's a builder. But what God does with it is he works with us every day. Every day. Come on, come on somebody. Every day. And when you build every day in the right way with the right materials, actually what you build lasts. What you build lasts. You can't build with a one-day mentality. You can only build with an everyday mentality. The second thing, and I was a bit embarrassed about this because I felt God give me this one morning and asked me to share it with a group of our leaders. And I thought, this is too cheesy, but I've come to love it. And it's this, it says this. This is the second quote. Your pattern is your baton. Because in our minds sometimes we think, this is what I'm passing on. But we're living this. And let me tell you, this is what you're passing on. Your pattern is your baton. You, you might have a, a, an understanding that, no, what I'm passing on is this, but you're passing on this. Your pattern is your baton. That's, you can have a vision to pass that on, but actually what you're passing on is this. Your pattern is your baton and your pattern will last. Let's have a developing mindset, a developer mindset, an everyday mindset to build with gold, silver, bronze, precious stones, things that will last, things that will go into eternity. And the final thing, and the band are going to come back because I'm finished. A builder is an investor. Somebody once said, and I made a note in my notebook because I make notes too, and it really spoke to me. It took me a while to understand it, but they said this, you cannot have a garden without a gardener. And I realised, well, that's why my garden looks the way it is, because I'm no gardener, Jean is no gardener, and we don't have a gardener. You can't have a garden without a gardener. And I realised I've either got to pay one or become a gardener myself. And so for a while I paid one, and now I'm the gardener myself. But a builder is an investor. They invest vision, they invest time, they invest energy, they invest talent, capacity, and they invest finance. 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 6, it says this, Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Invested seed is seed put in good soil. When you invest in your family, in your children, in your marriage, when you invest in your church, in your business, in your career, and you invest gold, silver, bronze, you don't just invest like the neighbours. You've got a bigger vision than that. When you invest, that's in good soil. And that will produce a harvest. There's only three things that we can invest in any of those areas. Time, talent, that's our capacity. Some people say, I don't have any talent. I can't sing, I can't play. The... No, 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 you've, you've got talent. You've got talent and you can grow your capacity. Time, talent and treasure, finance. You can only invest those three things, all you've got. And we can sow any of these sparingly. But I believe God wants us to be generous with them all as much as we're able to be generous with them all. You know, in, in, in the first service, um, I, I was saying about how Hannah did such a great job in the offering because I got a little bit of money from a speaking engagement I had. And last week I put my tithe in and I put my offering in as well on that. And then she did such a great job. I thought I'm going to give another tithe on that gift as well this morning. So I did it and then I told Jeannie afterwards. She's great. Jeannie's generous, so she's fine about that. Because we've only got those three things, time, talent, treasure. And we can invest sparingly or we can invest generously. And when we invest generously, it's invested in good soil and it produces a harvest. Here's what Jesus said, Matthew 13, 8. Still other seed 
different seed. Well, it was the same seed, but sown in a different place. Fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, 160, 30 times what was sown. I want to pray for us today that we will have a spirit of a builder. Is that you? Is that me? Is that us as Icon Church? Is that our goal to build? To build something? I think that's what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. I think the Holy Spirit wants to change some mindsets today. We're not just consumers, we're builders. And we're not just building for us, we're building for the future, for different generations, for other people. And I'm going to pray for us in a moment because you will be a builder. And I will be a builder. We're all building something. We will be builders together. We'll build Icon Church. And I'm praying that we will have the courage, the imagination and the trust to build boldly and to build at a standard where we say, we're not just going to be like the neighbours. We're going to build for the glory of God. And we're going to build so that Jesus gets the credit, that Jesus gets the glory. And so I'm going to pray for an anointing on your life, on my life, on your family, on your business, as you build those, on on your legacy, on, on our church. I'm going to pray that God anoints us by His Holy Spirit to build. Before I pray, I wonder, let's worship. Why don't we stand together? And Alice is going to... We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Icon Church. If you'd like any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. Have the best week.